Welcome to the Monterey Podcast. For more information, check out our website at montereychurch.com. And so, would you pray with me as we begin our study this morning? Oh God, we exalt, we hallow your name in all the earth. We pray for your kingdom to come more fully. We pray for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We give you thanks for our daily bread, and we pray for contentment no matter what our situation in life is. Father, we pray for forgiveness, and we pray for the heart to forgive those who sin against us. And we pray for your guidance and your leadership as we face temptation, that we will always say no to that which is wrong, to that which is evil, and that we will follow your paths. And God, to you be all the glory and the praise and the honor. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, let me invite you to hear the word of the Lord from Philippians chapter 2 this morning. Uh, The Apostle Paul says, in your relationships with one another. And given the series that we began last Sunday, let me underline that phrase, in your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Well, if you're joining us today for the first time, we did begin a new series last Sunday that we have titled, From Me to Us. Uh, The emphasis, relationship matters, community matters, church matters. I referenced the creation story reminding us that our identity is rooted in creation, that every single human being is created in the image of God, and that should give us pause as we think about not only our own lives, but as we think about relationship with other people. Every single human being was created in the image of God. But we took it a step further. At the heart of our identity, yes, we're created in the image of God, but at the heart of our identity is that we were created for relationship. We were not created to be alone. That is inherent in the language of Genesis chapter 1. God said, let us make humanity in our image. The relationship that the divine family, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit share with one another. And we were created in the image of the divine family, in the image of God, in order to share relationship with God and to share relationship with one another. And then we turn a page in Scripture and we learn that sin enters the human arena. And it has continued ever since where we build walls, we build barriers, relationships are broken. As I worded it last Sunday, far too often we stake our own independence. And so we hear language like, my rights 
my choices. You cannot tell me what to do or not do. But the story of God doesn't end there. The story of God from that point forward is all about reconciliation, restoring what was lost when sin entered the picture. The story of God is all about relationship, moving us in the direction that God intended from the very beginning, from me to us. That is central, not only to the overall story of God, but that is certainly central when we come to the incarnation, when Jesus as the Word becomes one of us, when Jesus moves into the neighborhood and ultimately through his death and his resurrection, God's new creation, the church, begins. The church, you and I, whose mission is all about reconciliation in a broken world, whose mission is all about loving God and loving others. And the incarnation speaks to that in such powerful ways. I, I hope again that you allowed the words of Philippians 2 that I read at the outset to sink in, words that are often referred to as the Christ song, likely words of a song that the early church would have sung to one another, encouraging one another to be more and more like Jesus. In your relationships with one another, the song begins. We are challenged to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And so I think it's important for us to think about that mindset. Paul fleshes it out. He says Christ did not, uh, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And again, that ought to give us pause. How many times do we use our positions in life to our own advantage rather than using our positions or our gifts to bless others? Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing. He took the very nature of a servant. He humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And Paul's challenge, the challenge of that song is for us to have the same mindset. And, and obviously the words that we just read help us to begin grabbing hold of that. But even beyond that, what does that look like practically? May I encourage you this morning to join with me in simply allowing Scripture to speak into our lives, to answer that question. In fact, the paragraph right before the Christ song, I think Paul makes it clear. So listen to the words of the first paragraph in Philippians 2. Paul says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of the others." As we have planned this particular series, From Me to Us, I keep circling back to Philippians 2 because I believe those words are at the heart of what we are exploring together for these several weeks. God moving us from a focus on me or a focus on you individually to a focus on us, from me to us. 
or as we put it last Sunday, recognizing the difference between a singular use of the word you and a plural use of the word you. And so think about the words of Philippians 2 again. In fact, every time I read the opening paragraph of Philippians 2, I remember the way Ira North, and some of you know that name, Ira Priest for the Madison Church in Tennessee for 40 years. He's been dead a number of years, but I still reflect on Ira's approach to Philippians 2 when I read the text. I remember the way he preached from the passage. Paul says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing of the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, and Ira would say, if Christ means anything to you at all, then here's how you and I ought to live as the body of Christ. Make my joy complete by being like-minded, being one in spirit and mind, and then the real challenge, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Rather, in humility, consider or value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but to the interest of others. Oh, how desperately our world needs to hear those words. In fact, imagine how different our world would look if we lived that way, and how desperately the church needs to hear those words, how desperately the church needs to be the model of what community looks like, of what it means to love God and to love others. I want you to hear a couple of other pieces this morning. A first piece related specifically to us at Monterey. Second piece, another text from Paul's writing. So first piece, as we mentioned last Sunday, our Sunday morning adult Bible classes, and I really encourage you to be a part of one of those classes. Our Sunday morning Bible classes are spending five weeks exploring, reflecting upon our five values at Monterey. We pursue a culture marked by worship, belonging, presence, sacrifice, and discipleship. If you were a part of a class this morning, this morning you focused upon the value of belonging. And here is the statement that fleshes out what we mean when we talk about that value of belonging. In a lonely and unforgiving world, everyone thirsts for a place to belong. Therefore, we will be a people of unconditional welcome and love as we join God in His work of reconciling the world to Himself. From the time we framed those words several years ago when we revisited our mission and vision and values, from the time that we framed those words several years ago, there are two little pieces of that statement on belonging that have just continued to grab hold of me that I think call us to step into the world in which we live. First thought, we do live in a world with folks who are alone with folks who have experienced heartache and hurt and brokenness and isolation, folks who long for, folks who thirst for a place to belong. And maybe that's where you find yourself today, longing for relationship, longing for a place to belong. And that is exactly what the church of the living God is called to be and what we are striving to be at Monterey a place for folks to belong, a safe place for anyone who has experienced heartache and hurt and brokenness, a safe place for all of us as we grapple with our faith, as we grapple with the struggles of life, 
as we grapple with what it means to be a follower of Jesus. But the statement doesn't end there. The statement goes ahead to talk about the kind of people that we're trying to be. In the midst of a world where all kinds of brokenness exist, we as the body of Christ are called to move beyond just our interest, again, echoing the words of Philippians 2, in order to extend love and welcome and community to others. We'll never do it perfectly, but I pray we as a church body, as we reflect upon the fact that community matters, I pray that we as a church body are seeking to move more and more into that direction every passing day. And so that piece of belonging, but here is a second overall piece beyond just the reading from Philippians 2, and that is me taking you to another passage from Paul's writings, Romans chapter 12, passage you know well, but please allow these words to sink in as well. Paul says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right or noble in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And so on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. Now, depending on how you count those imperatives or how you group those imperatives, there are as many as 25 or so imperatives in that reading. Might I suggest enough for us to focus on for the next year, maybe to focus on for the rest of our lives. Again, how different our world would look if we put those words into practice. Something as simple and yet as profound as live in harmony with one another. Something as simple and yet as profound. You make every step you can to live at peace with others as far as it depends on you, Paul says. Bottom line, again, the church should be a model of what love and unity and reconciliation are all, all about. The church should be a bright light to the world, living out God's intent from the very beginning. That relationship matters. That community matters, reminding a world that we were not created to be alone and that we are seeking to the best of our ability to be a place where folks can find love and welcome. Relationships matter. Community matters. And so one of the purposes of this series, and we'll do more and more of it, in the weeks to come. One of the purposes of this series is to challenge each of us to be committed to the body of Christ, in particular to be committed to the body of Christ at Monterey because, again, church matters. Relationships matter. Again, we could spend the next year on Romans chapter 12, but 
There are just a, a couple of those imperatives that stand out for me that I want us to ponder this morning. Uh, the phrases that say, be devoted to one another, honor one another. And then the line, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with or weep with those who weep. Let's begin by talking a bit about love and devotion and honor as we live out what it means to love God and love others. And then I'm going to circle back and focus on that other phrase, rejoice with and weep with. I'm going to invite uh, Hudson and Kylie Hutchinson to join me on the stage. Some of you have had the privilege of meeting uh, this young couple. Uh, Hudson is our new connection minister, uh, comes to Monterey after 10 years of college ministry in Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, he and Kylie have been married three and a half years, I think you said. Uh, got a young daughter who's 10 months of age, Hattie. Uh, Kylie obviously has walked alongside Hudson in their ministry, but she also, uh, for a number of years, did children's ministry uh, for basically an inner city church in the Oklahoma City area. And so, first of all, welcome again. We're delighted you're at Monterey, uh, looking forward to a great journey together. And uh, both in the interview process as well as your first two or three weeks on the ground, you've uh, obviously seen that mission statement, love God, love others. And so I'm interested, as you step into this context, what does love God, love others mean to you? Uh, well, immediately I love it because like, it's derived from the words of Jesus. There you go. Yep. Uh, but as I hear that, I immediately think, well, like, how, where do I start? And I've grown up in church, like many of you have grown up in church, and that word love has been thrown around so much. Um, I don't, sometimes I don't know the first step to start taking the direction of loving God or loving others. And so I think it's a language problem. So language that I have really enjoyed over the past couple of years is uh, honoring. Uh, I know how to honor people. Uh, when I talk to someone, I, I look them in the eyes. That's a way of honoring them. I, I give them my time. I hear their story. I hear, I hear their fears and, and the things they're struggling with. And that, that's all honoring to me. And so when it comes to honoring God, I, I, I think some of those things, things go hand in hand. I, for, to honor God, I have to give time to God. Uh, I have to hear his story and his thoughts about uh, how we're supposed to live in this world. And so for me, honoring, if you don't know where to start loving, honoring is a good first step in the direction of love. Good, good. Kali, how would you respond to that? Um, I think, you know, if we love God and we follow his teachings and loving others, comes pretty naturally when I first thought about it, but then the more you think about it, it's easy for me to love my friends and my family and the people in my circle, but I, I think what God is really calling us to do is to love the other, the one that maybe isn't so much like us, and that's what we see Jesus do time and time again in the Bible. Yeah, and I think we could even echo other words in Scripture that if we truly love God, then that's many times most practically demonstrated in how we do love others. And so just stepping into people's lives. And, and so as we, we talk about this idea of community matters in this series, obviously it is a two-way street. When, when I use a phrase like, we are not alone, 
Uh, it is, first of all, recognizing that we are the recipients of blessing after blessing as we're part of community, and then we're called to be that kind of presence to others as well. Uh, but again, you guys are, are new, and uh, it's always uh, fascinating to hear stories from folks uh, uh, just like all of us sitting in this room today have a story to tell, maybe stories where we've been impacted in, in some pretty incredible ways, and unfortunately, maybe some time, uh, at times some, some horror stories where the church hasn't been uh, what the church is called to be. But let, let's focus on the positive today. And so uh, in, in what ways have you seen uh, the presence of Christ in community, maybe especially uh, on the receiving end, the ways that folks have blessed you? Um, the first thing that always comes to my mind is a couple months after Hudson and I got married, um, we decided pretty quickly within a phone call that we were going to um, take in two little girls um, and foster them for a year. And I think most people probably could have thought, well, that's fast or that seems a little crazy. Um, but our church community really just showed what it means to um, surround us and love us. I mean, within hours of having the girls, um, there were phone calls, and we were walking through Target, and someone slips us some money. Um, we had a Bible class put together a shower for us. We didn't have anything for kids at that time. Um, and then, you know, anything from college students wanting to babysit to 60-year-old couples offering to come over and help watch the girls. So, Good, good. What would you add to that? Yeah, and so that, that season uh, is for sure one of the top ones that comes to my mind when I see kind of the, the body of Christ at work uh, supporting one another, uh, not only looking to their own interests, but maybe to our interests, not just to mm. their circumstances, but to our circumstances. And so we had stepped into a difficult circumstance, and um, one of the most kind of um, meaningful memories I have of that season is uh, some friends of ours who... Uh, they were wanting to start a family. They, they had a miscarriage, and it was a very difficult season for them. And in the midst of that, uh, we, we, we became an instant family. And we, uh, we were just kind of scrambling. We were in panic mode and heard a knock on the door. And that couple who was going through a difficult season of their own uh, had just had grocery, Walmart grocery sacks in hand. And it was full of kids' food. It was Chef Boardee, and it was mac and cheese, and it was cereal, and it was applesauce pouches. Um, and they were just there to bless us. And I, I just remember just being so overwhelmed that in a season which they were hurting, in a season which they were suffering, they weren't looking out for their own interests, mm. but they were, they were looking out for the interests and the circumstances of other people. And I just remember being so powerfully impacted by that. Good. And that obviously captures both sides of, of what we're talking about. One, you're describing the influence of, of folks in your lives when you're walking through a tough season. Uh, and, and so again, the language, and I'll circle back to it in just a bit, the language of Romans 12, we rejoice with those who are rejoicing. We walk alongside those folks who may be walking through a tough time in life, uh, mourning, weeping, whatever the challenges may be. And so you've been on the receiving end, uh, but, but speak to this body as well as we think about what it means for us to be the presence of Christ. Uh, because again, if community matters, it's not only being on the receiving end and experiencing all of the incredible blessings of what it is to be a part of a community. Uh, but it's us stepping out, offering th that kind of love and welcome to others as well. So how would you respond to that? What kind of challenge would you extend to us? What does it look like to be the presence of Christ? Yeah, and so I go back to Philippians. It says, look not only to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And 
like I said, sometimes I hear that, but it doesn't fully impact me. And look not only to your own circumstances, but to the circumstances of others. And uh, there, there are people in, in your community, in your church, who are in hard circumstances right now. Um, and I think we just need someone in love to walk into the suffering of others. And I think that's what it looks like to be the body of Christ, as, as Christ who came into this suffering world, and he bore our sin and our pain. Mm. Um, it, we're just following his example. And so I think that's how we become the presence of, of God in this world, as we, we willingly enter into people's suffering. Okay. Entering into people's suffering. Kylie, add to that if you'd like. Yeah. Um, I would just say it's, it's really easy for us to get caught up in ourselves, in the busyness, in scheduling out everything, and especially in areas that we feel comfortable. Um, but I think it's carving out time to be aware of the other um, and not being so busy that you miss something right in front of you, um, you know, whoever that might be. It might be a stranger or someone who has different views than you, but just someone who's the other. Yeah. And so I want, want all of us to capitalize on some of the phrases that they are using, stepping into the suffering of others, carving out time, sometimes stepping beyond our comfort zones. Uh, words uh, for all of us to ponder, I think. Well, again, welcome to Monterey. Let's uh, thank them for their time with us this morning. And let me especially... Uh, use that thought from Hudson of stepping into a suffering world. And first of all, and he's already alluded to it, first of all, circle back to the Christ song because that is exactly what Jesus did. He stepped into a broken, fallen world, helping us, and I wrote these words intentionally, helping us imagine again God's intent from the very beginning relationship with the divine family, and relationship with one another. And then uh, those phrases from Romans chapter 12, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. A clear call for us to walk alongside each other. And we need to do both of those pieces. When brothers and sisters are rejoicing, when they are celebrating victories in life, then Hopefully, we're willing to step in rather than being jealous or envious. We're willing to step in and rejoice with them in those moments of rejoicing, but likewise to step into the harsh circumstances of life and to walk alongside each other, to weep with one another, to be vulnerable with each other, to carve out time, as Kylie put it, to create those spaces in our lives where we can be present in the lives of others. And so Sam asked you to hold off on filling out the connection card till a bit later in the assembly. And so I would invite you to join with me now as we reflect upon these connection cards. If you're a guest with us today, we encourage folks to fill out these connection cards every Sunday. One, it just lets us know that you're here. Uh, you can find these on our app on the website, but there are also some physical copies in the pockets of chairs in front of you this morning. If you typically fill it out uh, with an app or by the website, would encourage you to go ahead and do that this morning. But again, those paper copies are available if you need them. Uh, every week, uh, as we talk about these connection cards, we encourage you, if there are things going on in your life that we can pray about, 
where we can walk alongside you. We encourage you to put those prayer requests on those cards. And as we tell you week after week, uh, our elders and our staff, take those requests very seriously. We pray over those requests when we gather at different times throughout the week. And so if you have prayer requests, uh, we encourage you to include those this morning, but I want to encourage you to go even beyond that today. And that's where, again, I'm encouraging us to be vulnerable with each other, to be transparent with each other. If there are areas in your life where you are really struggling at the moment, whatever that struggle may be, if there are areas in your life where you are struggling, I would invite you today to simply indicate uh, those areas in your life where you would love for someone to step in and walk alongside you. And I'll make the commitment this morning, first of all, from leadership in this church, but also trusting this entire church body. I'll make the commitment that we're going to do our best to step in and walk alongside you in those areas where you may be experiencing incredible struggles at the moment. Again, no matter what those struggles look like. And so we're even going to follow this up next Sunday by inviting us to think about areas where we can step in and walk alongside one another. And so would you be honest and vulnerable and transparent as you think about what's going on in your life? And so take a couple of minutes, if you will, and while uh, you are completing that connection card, our band is going to play softly in the background. We want to allow the Spirit of God to permeate this place as we rejoice with and as we weep with one another. Take a few moments, if you will. God, first we praise you for being a God who's all about healing and reconciliation in our lives. But through the cross of Jesus, you have stepped into this broken world. And you point us back to what you intended from the very beginning. And God, we praise you for that. We praise you for the healing that we experience, the reconciliation that we experience because of Jesus. And yet, God, we still acknowledge we live in a world that is so, so full of hurts and so hurt and full of struggles. And we confess, even in our own lives, the reality of those struggles. And so, God, whatever that looks like today, for those who may have lost loved ones, for those who may have been a part of a marriage that has fallen apart, for friendships that have ended in alienation, for our struggles with sin, for job losses. God, whatever those broken pieces look like, we pray that we grab hold of your love, but that we also embrace one another as a community, that we rejoice with and that we weep with one another. Father, help this to be a, be a safe place where we can be vulnerable with one another and help this to be a healing place where we step in and walk alongside each other. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, if you filled out a paper copy, uh, please feel free to place that in the contribution baskets when they come by just a bit later or hand the cards to one of the elders or one of the ministers. But we also want to share together in another song because 
you might be sitting there right now saying, uh, yeah, somebody's going to pray for me this week, but I really need somebody to pray for me right now. And so some of our elders will be here at the front and they would welcome the opportunity to visit with you, to pray over you. We would encourage you, if you'd like to take advantage of that, to do so. Let's stand together and sing.